up on the floor, man. Some neighbors were saying way too loud. That's only in the morning. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 11 of Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fans. Also, one of the fastest growing NASCAR podcasts in the country. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside, as always, Thomas Dick. And Thomas, before we get into all the news around NASCAR and preview the truck race, Xfinity race, and Cup Series race in Atlanta this weekend. We're gaining some notoriety, getting some shout outs and friend of the program, Andrew Monaco gave us a shout out during the baseball broadcast on Tuesday. Dravin Bender is the pitcher, tall right-hander and we talk NASCAR. So make sure if you can download the podcast, loose lug nuts, it's a NASCAR podcast for the average NASCAR fan by the average NASCAR fan. Did I get that right, Thomas? All right. <laughs> Because Thomas and Evan Roberts are the hosts of that podcast. 1-0 to Kalai Harrison and Bender with a fastball for a strike. You know, uh, it, it was great. Uh, Andrew's a, a friend of the program. And, hey, Texas A&M baseball, it uh, doesn't get much bigger than that. Um, it didn't hurt that I hounded him relentlessly. <laughs> as soon as he started talking about NASCAR, I was actually behind him in the booth working, and I just started screaming, loose lock <laughs> so he gave in and it, it's uh it's great uh and in the intro you said fastest growing in the country you forgot that you're supposed to pause dramatic pause and then add if not the world well that's your shtick i don't want to keep stealing all your well, you didn't give me you didn't give me any space to drop it in there but so what if we are the one of the fastest growing podcasts in the country if, if not, not the, the world. world. Good deal. All right, so let's break down some of the news around NASCAR this week. And one of the coolest promotions, we've talked about it on numerous episodes, the Kansas uh, Motor Speedway race in early May, the winner of the name Bushy McBush race. And that was your pick, I believe. Yes, it was. And I think it, it worked. <laughs> I'm probably going to log on and buy a T-shirt. I think the one mistake they did made in retrospect Probably should have been Bushy McBush race is the only way you can get better. And the logo is pretty badass because it, it pulls in the farming. And uh, yeah, um, I'll probably, uh, I haven't bought anything in a while, but the stimmy just came through. So, All right. Yeah, I do like the uh, the Bushy McBush race logo. Uh, it has that in big, bold letters. Looks like there's a windmill and a little farmhouse back there. You got the mountains and then the outline of the track. So it's pretty sweet. You are right. It is a badass logo. So one of the other things that was big uh, in NASCAR this week, in the next-gen car that I believe will be debuting next year, numbers moving to the back, going to the rear quarter panel? Yeah, that was the, uh, that was the talk. Um, and uh it, there are a lot of disgruntled people. I I'm may on it. I NASCAR is such a numbers oriented, like Formula One. You don't know what number the guy drives. I used to watch Indy back in the day almost as much as I watch NASCAR. And then when I say back in the day, I say the eighties and nineties. I forget what Tom Sneva's number was. It's a little small number in the back, and I think sometimes they put it behind the uh, the cockpit, but. NASCAR is so number driven. 
I'm sure it'll still be on the on the top of the car. I just I'm wondering if they're doing it because there's going to be a different sponsor on the side than the hood. Because to me, if it's already on the hood as big as can be, I I really don't get the side. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like Kenny Wallace's was pretty funny, yeah. uh, mocking fans saying they're not gonna watch NASCAR because of this and this is why it's losing fans. I just I don't know. I uh, I'm just gonna still watch the thing. I think it'll get me. Not that I've started buying diecasts because they've already explained if they were if they were if they were only forty dollars i'd own a ten thousand of them but since they're 60 i own zero right now i think the the die cast is where you might get to hit i don't know if people are going to want to buy stuff like that so yeah it is interesting as you mentioned nascar is such a number driven sport like when you think of the sport you think of dale earnhardt's number three jeff gordon 24 jimmy johnson 48 and then you know obviously richard petty in the 43 and it is going to be weird. I hope that you can still see them. Hopefully there'll be some changes otherwise, but I think the sponsorship is kind of what's most important. And a lot of teams struggle to find those sponsorships and hopefully that will be able to help them out. I think that's more important than the numbers. I, you know, I say to me, I say, keep the numbers in the middle, just find more people like Tom Misney, David Comey, learn and row, go get the lawyers, man. They'll advertise. And then you don't have to worry about the sponsors. So so it'll be interesting to see what they move forward with the next-gen car. But before we get those next-gen cars, Thomas, we're hitting the dirt next week at Bristol, and I am pretty excited for next weekend. Uh, and the truck race you mentioned is kind of becoming an all-star race. Kyle Larson, Ryan Newman, and Martin Truex joining the truck race. Uh, I also saw where Chase Elliott said in his press conference that he wanted to get in, but they weren't able to get uh, something done in time. But I think it's all these guys just trying to get extra practice in on the dirt, but it's going to put more eyes on the truck series on Friday night. It, that, and uh, along with some of the other uh, storylines, it's going to be a great event. You're, a, you're on dirt. B, you got all these cup guys. C, we'll talk about it more next week. You have the the freezing husband-wife thingy, like only the second time ever in the cup series, I think. Uh, first time in trucks that that's happened. Uh, it's going to be fun, and I found it odd. Like, I just realized it. No Xfinity race next week. Um, I'm guessing they didn't uh, did the, they thought it would be too much for those car owners to get another car for just the dirt. Um, but the, I feel bad for the Xfinity guys because this seems like a weekend everybody wants to be involved in, and for them not to be able to run. Hopefully, in the future they get to they do something dirt related. Well, I wonder if they want to run the race on Friday and then have a day off, see how the track and the dirt is doing before Sunday's Cup Series. I think that might have something to do with it as well. You're always thinking ahead of me, so that could be it. All right. Another thing that we wanted to talk about, I watched it Saturday last week after the boring Xfinity race at Phoenix. Uh, was the Blink of an Eye documentary that FS1 aired about Michael Waltrip and how he grew up, got into racing. He finally got his first win at the Daytona 500. Everybody knows what had happened. Uh, Dale Earnhardt tragically passes away and how Michael would uh, recover from that. He still didn't seem like he has recovered fully from it, but it was just, I thought it was an awesome documentary uh, just about him. And I didn't really know too much about it, but it, I thought it was pretty interesting. Oh, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I'm 
uh, Mikey Walter fan. Uh, we'll talk about that more later. Um, I just, uh, there's just so many thoughts that went through my mind as we watched this and, and we'll go through the laundry list of them. Um, to me, I think, I think he got bad advice from the King. Um, and I, th- he showed such promise early on. And then he, he said, Hey, you got to go race cup. Well, sometimes you go race cup and you sign up for a team that's not good. And then you're stuck with that team. And, uh, that leads to oh and 462. So I just, to me, that was bad advice from Richard Petty. And I think he would have been better served to do grand national for three or four years. And then maybe he's a more of a hot commodity and uh, gets on with a better team. And he also said he didn't promote himself probably as much as he should have. Um, that was my first thought. And then he talks about the, the emotional roller coaster of uh, you were 0 for 462. You finally have the biggest event in your life and then you, you lose pretty much your best friend. Just what a, what a day that had to have been. And I thought it was interesting because he was so much younger than uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. And, he, you know, they, he's they're flying down to the Bahamas on his yacht and, like, partying. And even in the interview, Dale Jr. was kind of like, I thought it was the weirdest damn thing. Like, you wouldn't think that these two guys, you know, the Intimidator and this fun-loving Michael Waltrip guy that, you know, parties and has fun and all this stuff. And you see Dale Sr.'s, you know, this, you know, guy, a very stern guy that, you know, here to win races and not do anything else. But I thought that was interesting. And then the other thing was – uh, Daryl Walter being a shitty brother, but then finally redeeming himself there at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was, and, we, and it, it's sort of weird because when I first started, like I missed Dar- uh, Mikey Walter's first race where they talked about how he was Daryl's brother. I picked up on it a couple weeks later. And when I first saw Michael Walter, I assumed it was Daryl's son because of the age difference there. And it, it's, yeah, I think Daryl realized now, you know, that he missed out. And it, it's tough um, when you have people that far, like my younger sister's 13. I was still a really great brother, but it's tough to be involved in their life when they're four and you're going off to college. It's, um, but yeah, he was a shitty, <laughs> shitty brother. Um, well, that's another thing. Oh God. Well, I thought it was interesting. You kind of saw uh, like him kind of quote unquote redeeming himself was after the terrible accident that Michael got in. I think it was at Bristol where he hit like that awkward part of the wall and uh, Daryl went with him and then Dale senior walks in and tells him he's a tough son of a bitch and then just walked out of the room. And Michael was all excited to tell his friends that Dale senior, you know, said that he's this macho man now. Yeah. And and, uh, the one of the things that we discussed is how, things would be different if if Dale hadn't died in that race and to me I personally think they're one of the big teams now I think I think Dale would have uh, he gave such insight in in the building cars and whatnot I think he would have had Dale Jr. and Mikey winning uh, races a lot and then uh, he's gone they petered out, DEI petered out after four or five years. They tried to keep going. And uh, part of the reason I think they struggled, what a macho sport it was at this time. It still sort of is, but I think now if that happened, like it still shocks me that Michael Waltrip still hasn't seen a, not even a sports psychologist, just a regular yeah. psychologist. Cause it just, 
I mean, we talked about the high and low one day. That's got to fuck you up somehow. Yeah. And the fact that he hasn't seen one, I don't know if he hasn't seen one because he thinks it's macho to not see one. Well, I thought it was interesting where he talked about where he went to, you know, the, the qualifying race that week and messed up. And he was so afraid to go talk to Dale Sr. And then the day before the race, Dale calls him into his bus and is like, hey, here's our game plan for tomorrow. Like, we're going to move up the field. We're all going to get together. And they all started in three different spots. They weren't close to each other. But then that's ended. That's what it ended up being. And then I thought it was interesting, too, where they, you know, they struggled after the death, obviously, with everything that was going on. But then the July race, it was Michael and Dale Jr. And Dale Jr. ended up winning that race, the first race at Daytona after the passing of Dale Sr. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. The one thing that would have been interesting and it never got to that point basically because Dale died is what was Richard Childress thinking when his, his guy is blocking for two of his, you know, yeah. drivers, teams, guys, like is Richard saying, Hey, you should have won, went and won that race. Um, it never got to that point, of course, but that would have been an interesting uh, thing. And then I, I wanted like Daytona, it took out your favorite driver, Dale Earnhardt. My favorite driver back in the day was Neil Bonnet, and he died in 94. And after that is when I picked up Mikey as my favorite. So it goes full circle. Yep. And off that topic, I want to talk to somebody, NBC Sports, ESPN, somewhere. My favorite show back in the day was on the Speed Channel, RIP, um, Inside Nextel Cup, Um Mikey talked about uh, his friendship. I think they had Ken Schrader on there. They had a great show inside Nextel Cup. It was on every Monday after the race, broke down the race. It sort of built my uh, love for the sport because they had explained some of the shit I didn't know about. Yeah. Like, I am sad in retrospect. I probably should have went to auto shop class at the joint vocational school um, and learned more about cars and whatnot. But I just love the interaction that he, Dave Despain, and, and Ken Schrader had. And I'm all for bringing that show back. If anybody at NBC Sports or Fox, uh, I guess it would have to be Fox since Michael works for them now on races. Get that show back and up and running. And it, it was such a great show. So, And one last thing of blink of an eye before we move on and preview this weekend at Atlanta. I NASCAR has fallen off. We're, we're not going to try to hide that. But those sponsors back in the day were so badass. Like uh, MLB All-Star Game of for the second Daytona race, there's MLB all-star. You had their own car. And then uh, Dale jr. Was Budweiser at the time. And he also had a MLB sponsor at the time. And his helmet, when he won that race was painted like a baseball. I was like, it's, that would have made my, one of my, one of my top paint schemes. If we had a podcast back in 2001, but that was just the sponsorships and the, the level of, of different paint schemes and everything back in 2001. And in that era was pretty badass that we got to, relive in the documentary yes yeah, so watch it go watch it I, I would recommend it so well all right well let's go down to the peach state with uh, atlanta we'll start with the truck race some big news that we love bill lester coming back racing for the first time since 2004 well hey, just i love it i say I, it won't happen but put him back full time or get him get him out there more he was such a uh just such a great dude from a, a really interesting background, very educated, 
uh, love racing and it's fun. I wish he was starting up a little bit higher, but uh, let's get him out to more races. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's starting down. Let's see, where's he at? 31st, row 16 is where Bill Lester will be going. And in the truck race, your guy's back, Kyle Bush. Hopefully he doesn't spin himself out and cause a caution, but we'll see him and Ross Chastain for the first time after they kind of got into it in Phoenix. Yeah, if he doesn't spin himself out, Ross might spin him out, and or he won't spin him out, and Kyle says he spun him out. And yeah, uh, they, they might not uh, run into each other much. One's in the front row, Kyle. Chastain's in the back row, but I'd like to see, you know, some Robbins racing out there. Get them to throw some dogs after the race, maybe. Yeah, Chastain starting in last 40th. Kyle Busch starting in second. Last three winners, uh, Grant Infinger in 2020, Kyle Busch 2019, Brett Moffitt in 2018. Moffitt starting in row five. Busch, as I just mentioned, starting in second. And Infinger starting uh, 19th in row 10. I'm uh, uh, in this race. I am going to do the exact same pick I did last time Busch was in a race. The guy just, he loves running the trucks and he doesn't hold back except for when freaking John Hunter Nemechek's in front of him. So I'm going Kyle Busch unless he's helping Nemechek. All right, and then I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek in the three races. He's finished seventh, third, and then uh, one in Las Vegas. His best finish at Atlanta, he did win in 2016. So I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. Hopefully your pick, Kyle Busch, pushes him across the finish line. So I am right. On Saturday, we have the Xfinity race. A.J. Allmendinger won it last year, and he's the only active winner uh, in this race. It was Allmendinger, uh, Noah Gregson, Haley, Daniel Hemrick, and Burton in the top five. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> every time I type out active winner, I feel like every race car driver is active. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the race. Um, in this one, I I typed Noah Sindrick. I meant... I'm going Austin Sindrick. Um, yeah, he the I, the last race he he led 68 laps there, and he uh, won stage one and he stayed won stage two, had a speeding penalty the last pit stop. So if uh, if he can get his tack right with the RPMs or whatever the hell they figure out their uh, miles per hour on pit row, I think Austin uh, wins it. Unless I had a caveat, I. Martin Truex is in the race. So so who are you going with? I'm going uh, Austin Sindrick getting pushed down the stretch by Marte. All right. I'm going to go with Daniel Hemrick. He has three starts in Atlanta and has two top ten finishes. And then so far this year, he has finished in the top ten four out of the five races. And that is a second-place finish and two third-place finishes along with uh, finishing ninth. I think he'll be able to get it done. That is my pick, Daniel Hemrick. So moving on to Sunday's race, the Cup Series. Before we break it down, I uh, loved this a little thing that I saw. Brad Keselowski and Daniel Suarez, his crew chief, suspended and fined $20,000 for having two or more loose lug nuts. Loose lug nuts! <laughs> loose lug nuts! And then there's more, a uh, couple other three crew chiefs, I believe. They had one loose lug nut on their car. They got fined $10,000. So we love a good loose lug nut uh, penalty. And uh, free advertisement. 
Yeah, free advertising for the podcast. I always uh, tell people we should get, you know, on the guns that tighten the lug nuts. Let's get our logo on there. But uh, how do you think you not having that crew chief for Kozlowski, uh, who's had some successful run uh, races early on, how do you think this will affect him? Um, I've never really read into when they are first suspended. I mean, if they suspend him the second this last race was over, up until the next race is over, I think it'd be a bigger deal. I sort of feel like they just can't be at the at the track. So all the setup stuff going on now um, is going to be uh, set up by the crew chief. I had him as one of my two picks, and now that I see this, I'm not going to pick him. But, I, I, I mean, it's got to have some effect. Otherwise, you wouldn't suspend crew chiefs. You'd be like, you have no effect, so we'll just let you be there. So I don't know. I couldn't quantitate how many spots, four, five, six. I think it would just be interesting with the strategy. You kind of build a chemistry with uh, your crew chief, and then you're kind of thrown off. But Keselowski, uh, starting fourth, will not have his uh, crew chief, and then Daniel Suarez starting in twenty. And, and I will say it would make a bigger deal if it was the Xfinity race because the Cup Series is getting 13 tires this week. Um, and from what I read, they say that uh, new tires uh, are three seconds a lap faster than end of the run tires. So they're going to change on every, uh, God forbid, we have 13 pit stops, but they're going to change on 13. Xfinity is only getting five. So you're going to change that to two stage ends. So then you only got three sets to, to, and that's where I think the crew chief coming in and coming up with a game plan might be a, a bigger deal. And uh, looking at some of the stuff when we were previewing the races, one of my favorite stats that I came across this season, I don't know if you saw it, there's only three drivers in the Cup Series that have run every single lap this season. That's Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, and Chase Elliott. And Quinn Hoff. Quinn Hoff. Oh, no. No, he came up a little short. I thought that was interesting. Only three guys that have been able to make it, and I don't know where that ranks in history or if that's about normal, but I just found that pretty interesting that we're – five races yeah, in I, I, yeah i would think you'd get deeper into the year probably if i had to guess i'd say like race eight or nine you would get to that low but so as we were previewing this not a lot of data at this track we're running two races here this year for the first time since 2010 uh they're replacing kentucky on the schedule but this is one that we kind of hinted at in the last episode but this is a fun track that i think people will enjoy it's pretty slick and they go a little bit faster than they did at phoenix yeah i mean r.i.p to kentucky this year i once again i'm gonna have to go do, like a lot of just nuances in this year's schedule that i need to go back and read on uh, if this was a covid can you get fans in thingy um because i i i'm a i'm a midwesterner so to not have a race at kentucky and you already took away chicago land um, up yours NASCAR I mean bring some races back I, I know they added mid-Ohio but it's not the same feel but yeah sorry to get back to Atlanta it should be great racing and honestly mentally it shocked me they only had one race there a year every year um, it seemed like a a, a two-race demographic and a two-race track and on Sunday I saw this and this is where I mean I know I'm not smart but they're having COVID detecting dogs at the garage. And I don't know the science behind that because I don't know how a dog can tell that you have COVID, but I saw that and it just put my small brain into a pretzel. Well, and where were these dogs a year ago? Yeah. 
I mean, you've been hiding these dogs? Come yeah. on. It could have saved us so much trouble. And then also we'll see Jeff Foxworthy on the broadcast on Sunday. Well, you know I'm a redneck because I'm excited for that. <laughs> Is that how they do it? You know, something like that. He's just going to be the grand marshal that RC announced in the starting lineups. I don't know that he's doing – well, maybe he's doing something. He's doing a concert separate from it or at the track. Um, but I I read the the rundown thingy we get from NASCAR because we're uh, insiders, and I couldn't find National Anthem or um, Grand Marshal. Now, with that in mind, I, I couldn't search really good because I've had like seven sporting events. I've had to work the last week where you had zero. But uh, – but yeah, Jeff Foxworthy, the guy keeps on trucking, you know. Yeah. So let's get down to this race. Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch have won three times in Atlanta. Kyle Busch and Brad Keselowski have two wins. Denny Hamlin also has a win at this track. And then adding on to Harvick, he's been dominant here, but he doesn't dominate like the numbers have said he should. He's got three wins. He's led 1,348 laps, which is fifth all time and he won here last year and he beat Kyle Busch by about three and a half seconds yeah the numbers say he should be like he should have more wins because the the 1348 laps led like that ranks behind once again your Mount Rushmore Cal Yarbrough Dale Earnhardt Richard Petty David Pearson and they all have like seven uh, I think Yarbrough has nine wins it, so to only have three with all those laps led. Um, I'd have to look at the races. Maybe he's just been consistently uh, uh, really good and not uh, great in the, in the handful that Yarbrough were and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he did win handily last year. Bush was three and a half seconds behind Martin Truex 4.7. And then uh, Blaney, Hamlin and Bush were all more than 14 seconds behind. So it was sort of non-competitive down the stretch. Yeah, Harvick's made... 30 starts at Atlanta, has 15 top 10 finishes, uh, three wins. Nine of those 15 top 10 finishes were also in the top five. Average finish there is still about 16th, which I found yeah. a little interesting. But we'll see what he does. And the one thing that I noticed, and I'll be interested to see, is Ford has won the last four races here. And I think they have a pretty good chance to uh, repeat that, although they do have some uh, the two Toyotas, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. starting on row one. They have two Fords, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, third and fourth, and then some Chevrolets behind them with Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. But I thought yeah, the, the, the other thing I liked from the, uh, the documentary was uh, seeing uh, Mikey driving a Pontiac. Can we get <laughs> effing Pontiacs back on the track? It looks so, Back then, the cars looked so much more like cars you and I could jump in and race than they do now. But, uh, yeah, let's get some Pontiacs. And uh, I think Bobby Hillen won in, like, a, a Buick, a Oldsmobile Buick. He won his Talladega in that. So, yeah, let's get some of those cars back out. Um, I got us off track. I just – I love me a Pontiac. So, the uh, – before we give us our picks for Sunday, Denny Hamlin in first in the standings. He has yet to win a race, but he has three stage wins for three playoff points. He's 39 points clear of Brad Keselowski, who's in second. Joey Logano in third with 192 points, which is five behind uh, Brad Keselowski. Martin Truex Jr. in fourth. Kyle Larson fifth. Chase Elliott sixth. 
Michael McDowell did slip out of the top 10, but look at those standings and then how they line up on Sunday. As I mentioned, the Joe Gibbs Racing, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. starting in row one. The Penske Fords of Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski in row two. Hendrick Chevrolets of Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson in row three. Row four features Kevin Harvick and Christopher Bell. And then rounding out the top 10 is William Byron and Ryan Blaney. So with that in mind, Thomas, who's your pick to cross the finish line first at the annual Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500? Oh, oh quick trip yeah. <laughs> best pretzels if you ever drive past a quick trip and you best do. pretzels in the in america uh well that you can get from a gas station are at quick trip so um we're building a list of potential sponsors quick trip you could slap your name on our show we just need uh two free pretzels a week for life and it's done deal. It's then the quick trip, loose lug nuts. Um, I, I've been tossing up between uh, Harvick and Keselowski. You told me you tried to get me away from Keselowski by saying his crew chief suspended. And then I looked at Harvick's numbers and I'm like, Oh my God, Harvick. And then I remembered I picked Harvick last week because of the history. I'm going Keselowski. All right. Uh, Penske, Penske's been running strong. Um, his poor crew chief, they're going to be like, hey, we don't need you anymore. We got this new guy that won us a race, but I'm going Kozlowski, my dark horse, also Team Penske. Uh, I'm going to go Austin Sindrick. Going to have him double-double. Uh, He's going to go Cowbush style. He's going to win two races same weekend. You fangirl so hard for Austin Sindrick. We need to get him on the <laughs> podcast. Well, um, it's interesting, interesting. I want to talk about this. I forgot to put it in the rundown. Got a thingy. We get the, because we're the best rising podcast in America. We get like 10 billion sheets of paper. I read somewhere there have been 15 perfect 150 point scales on the rating, uh, the driver thingy. Cindric has two of them. There's a couple people that have two. But his two, he's the only one that has one at a road course, and he has one at a speedway, mile and a half. So oh. I fanboy for him because I think he's a damn good driver, and he shows it at two different racetracks. So. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott uh, to win. I think he's got a good chance. He's got the best average finish among all uh, active drivers. He's got a top five, four top tens. Still looking for that win, but I think he uh, is able to get us free BOGO wings on Monday at Hooters. He's starting in fifth. Uh, he's run pretty well, finished fa uh, fifth last week, and then uh, has another top 10 finish, and that was at Daytona earlier this year. But I think Chase is going to be able to get it done. And then my dark horse is Eric Amarola. Uh, he's got two top 10 finishes uh, in Atlanta and finished ninth in 2019. Uh, Almirola is starting in row eight with Bubba Wallace. He'll be in the 16th spot, but he'll be my uh, dark horse to bring home the checkered flag on Sunday. And now it's time for our favorite segment each preview episode, and that is paint schemes. You got a couple good ones, and for the sixth week in a row. Yes, uh, our, uh, our guy, first, 
before we get to our guy six weeks in a row, I have an honorable mention too that we didn't pick, but we're going to see some peanut on peanut action this week. We got uh, um, number 37, Ryan Priest in the, uh, he's in the uh, Mr. Peanuts, but then we have a uh, fast pasta number 38 in the uh, Georgia peanuts. So 37, 38 peanut peanut. Um, we'll do a separate, uh, we have to do a separate social media thing for that because uh, we, we all love peanuts, all of us that aren't allergic to them, which no one was allergic to them like 15 years ago. I don't know what the hell happened. But uh, Quinn Hoff, back, eight ball whiskey, eight ball whiskey, once again, advertising in a state where you can't get it. But uh, good for them. That car looks sharp. Um, I wish it raced every race because then we could just lock them in 30 straight weeks. Um, and then I got Corey LaJoy, number seven NFL alumni association, got a nice uh, red, white, and blue. Um, great to be an American scheme. So that's that. And then, uh, we got a repeater in the Xfinity. Um, I do two guys learn on row. Hey, I'm going to get heavy on speed dial in case I get, uh, in, in any legal trouble. Uh, he's they're back on the Bailey Curly, uh, Curry 74 car. So Quinn Hoff, Corey LaJoy. Bailey Curry. And again, a special shout out to Bailey Curry. He had a career best finish last week at Phoenix, seventh place. And I think it's because of the lawyer car. Yep. In the Xfinity, I'm going to go with the Brett Moffitt, the 02 car, FR8 auctions. It's got a big old American flag on it. Love that. Very patriotic. It's great to be an American. So I love uh, Brett Moffitt's in the Xfinity. Hope to see that one up top all day long. And Cup Series, I'm going to go with the number 77 car of Justin Haley, Diamond Creek Water. And it's uh, got different shades of blue on there and then about three diamonds on the side. Looks pretty blinged out like that. And then very simple looking, but I love the color scheme of it. It's the number 20, Christopher Bell, Sirius XM Toyota. They uh, picked up the sponsorship for the 20 car and it's pretty badass with the Sirius XM blue. And we got the little sound waves going on it. So I like that one uh, as well. So that will do it for our preview episode. We get ready for racing tomorrow on Saturday. The truck race begins at uh, 1.30 Central Time. And then the Xfinity race at 4 o'clock Central. Sunday's NASCAR race begins at 2 p.m. Any final words, Thomas? Nope. My final word is uh, hot Atlanta, baby. And then we're on to the dirt in Bristol. So enjoy the races this weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap all of the action. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Please follow us on Twitter at loose lug nuts pod and on Instagram at loose lug nuts podcast for Thomas Dick. I'm Evan Roberts. This has been episode 11 of loose lug nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan for the average fan. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Jeff Foxworthy. I grew up in Texas where football was my game Until that racing fever started burning in my brain Started running many stops when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde and he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hill and Strillin' Talladega finish was the start of my big dream. Thank you.
Given me the brakes. I must admit she's small a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance. I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance. Thank you for the ride. 